1: Do you dream of being CEO of your own empire, running your own company, achieving your life's goals, yet wake up in a cold sweat, next to last night's takeout leftovers and a pile of bus ticket stubs? You Um, are not alone. Like many others, you are suffering from a classic case of caviar dreams, tuna fish budget.
2: I'm Margaret Josephs.
1: And I'm Lexi Barbuto.
2: And every week, we'll be talking to influencers, trailblazers, disruptors, and risk takers who will share their own journey to caviar dreams on a tuna fish budget.
1: Side effects may include increased motivation, boundless happiness, and a fast track to success.
2: Hello, caviar dreamers. Hi, caviar dreamers.
1: Well, here we are another week with another fabulous woman entrepreneur.
2: I mean, who doesn't love an amazing woman who has a dream Comes up with an idea and then becomes super successful.
1: And I feel like her story is similar to your story in that she was a mom, she was at home, and she saw a need for something in her own life, went out to create it, and has now created a multi million dollar business. I know. Products sold everywhere. You got Saks, Bergdorf's, Bloomingdale's, Nordstrom, everywhere.
2: I know. We're talking Nemours. about none other than Remy Brooke. Everybody knows that name. If you love fashion, you know Ramy Brook. She has created the quintessential top to go with everything. I'm wearing a Rainy Brook top right now. They're just so stylish, amazing. And that's where her line started, but now she's branched out to amazing dresses, swimwear, um lounge. She has everything that you need for your lifestyle her stuff is just so wearable fashionable easy anybody could wear it i just absolutely love it she started her business out of her living room in 2010 just from an idea because she was like there's no great tops and and i always had that issue too i was like i have no tops i i have bottoms i i had dresses." dresses
1: jumpsuits yeah but i was
2: like there's no amazing tops that that just look great and she came up with this idea and it grew to a global lifestyle brand.
1: And again, I love the fact that
2: she started this
1: from her apartment in her 40s. Yes, exactly. There is something about after you have children, if you've ever had any ideas, after you have children, you seem to get like, I don't know whether it's bigger balls to just go for something or whether there's more on the line that you feel like, Jesus, I better like make shit happen now because I have someone relying on me. Like, because you started your business after you had your son, from your kitchen table and you'd had a successful career in the garment industry. Like what what changed in you?
2: I think what changed in me was like, first of all, my I always work prior to having children. Mm-hmm. And then after that I was like Having my identity be a mom is amazing and I loved it, but I was like, there was so much more in me. I still wanted to be creative. I loved making my own money. I loved making things happen. I loved using my brain outside of just being a mom and a wife. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and I felt there was a need for what I did. And I was like, I could not fulfill my need of having a stylish storage solution for toys or or junk around my house because having my child, I had crap everywhere. And that's what it was. And I had dog toys everywhere. So I just wanted something utilitarian that looked attractive. So that's Mm -hmm. why I came up with it. And that was the same thing with Raimi. She was like, I need some great tops that look amazing with jeans or pants that that look fashionable. I think that's what it is. We both thought of a need Mm -hmm. and we needed to make it happen because there was nothing out there. So I just cannot wait to have her on. Hi, Raimi. Hi, Raimi hi thanks so much for coming on because you're so inspirational of course i'm wearing Brook top because i love everything you do so uh
3: oh, thank you
2: you have so much to offer that you started business in your 40s and, and came up with a need so i just want you to tell everybody what made it happen
3: it's funny i actually started in my bedroom which it's like i'm kind of back to my little back office right now because as you know there's a lot of work from home lately yes so it's almost like i'm back to the basics here in my little office off my uh, bedroom but you know in 2010 and even before then I was just shopping and going into all the stores and really enjoying like I just I love clothing and I noticed that a lot of the tops that I loved were getting very expensive and they seemed to be basic and silk and you know things that I love but it was a price tag that I thought was outrageous. So I said to my husband, I'm like, I'm going to like learn how to make this and start my own business. And he said, great, go for it. And I felt I had a gazillion jeans in my closet, but every single time I went to my closet, I'm like, I cannot find anything to wear. I just need that top. I I need something to wear. I love jewelry. So I'm like, I want something, you know, simple yet sophisticated and sexy. And I'm really not finding it out there. And one thing led to another. I basically asked any friend of mine who was in the garment industry, knew someone in the garment industry. You know, New York is filled with Garmentos. Um, No one in my family, but friends of friends. And it's amazing how helpful everybody was. So I'm friends with Stephanie Greenfield. She owned Scoop at the time. So she sat with me and taught me retail math. Uh, which I wasn't familiar with. Another friend of mine, her best friend was a pattern maker. Uh, she now works for The Row, but at the time she worked for a different company. It was called Tula. And when I reached out to her, she was employed by Tula. One week later, Tula shut its doors. So she had time on her hands to actually help me. She lived in Brooklyn. Her name is Annika. She's incredibly talented. And I went to her um, her home in Brooklyn. We worked on all these patterns together. She had a sample maker who made the first group of six tops, one dress. And then I took that on on the road and did a trunk show. It was really for like the help of other women supporting me. And it really was, everybody was willing to meet with me, willing to help me show me um, a lot about this industry that I had no idea about. I just had a passion for, clothing and shopping and feeling really good when I got dressed. So with the help of other people out there, I developed this line. And you know, my first trunk show was in New Jersey. Yes. And my sister's house in Short Hills. Yes. Was that Dr. Robbie Ludwig or no? You're on No, sister. Dr. Robbie Ludwig, she lives in the city like I do, uh-huh. but our younger sister, I'm the middle. Yes. She's my older sister, I'm the middle. And Lori's our younger sister. She lives in Short Hills.
2: Oh, Um, my God. And she had all her friends come over? Is that what the way it happened?
3: And, you know, Lori's really funny because she's this tiny little thing. She's, like, five feet tall. But I was like, you know what? Her friends are not going to disappoint her. They're probably a little scared. (laughs) 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 That if my sister hosted something for me, they would all be there. So that was my first show. I I figured before I did it in New York, I was going to do it at my sisters to like get through all the kinks. I mean, both my sisters have been incredibly supportive and Lori still to this day hosts trunk shows, uh, brings her friends to my store. She's, I, I'm, I'm lucky to have these fabulous sisters. Oh, um, uh, that's,
2: I, I, I love that. It. It was, at the first orders, was it like made to order? Like you did the trunk show and then you took the orders?
3: Yeah, so what I did was I had samples in, Mul well, I it must have been multiple sizes, even though I wasn't quite sure what I was doing. But the sample maker, she knew a lot more than I did. So we um, Had multiple sizes and different colors and I had different tops, the Harriet top, the Lori top, the Paris, all these things that still exist today in the line. Because the other thing that annoyed me in my own closet was I was sick of like getting rid of trendy pieces and so i wanted something that really just stayed there throughout the years so these initial t- tops that i designed there's still a lot of tops that we designed today really could live in your closet for many 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 years which is important it's really it really is important that 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 basic black sexy top there's no reason that you have to buy that every year so if you have that one that you love you just keep on reaching for it and my idea was making it more affordable than that L'Envon top that I liked. So people, if they love that top, they could buy it in multiple colors. And, um, but my, my first trunk show, it really was made to order. And I brought a color card from the silk houses on, you know, 39th street. And the girls would pick their style, pick their size, and then they would go through the color card and pick the color. And they would pay a hundred percent upfront. So I'm like, oh I love this business model. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Nobody like, like, <laughs> like, yeah, nobody's giving me a hard time because you know, first they were friends with my sister, they weren't gonna give her a hard time.
2: Yeah. So, yeah, and they funded basically it funded, funded it for you. It, yeah. So it was good. And they paid up front yeah. and then and then you had the money to really get started.
3: Right. And I also taught myself QuickBooks. I actually hired a tutor, so I did fifty hours of QuickBook lessons because I wanted to be extremely responsible and organized. And if I was going to take um, credit card information or anything that had to do with any finances, I knew I had to like learn how to run this professionally. And in my head, I wanted to know how to do everything myself because I didn't want to rely on anyone. Um, I didn't know how to make the clothes that I had to rely on someone, but everything else I wanted to learn how to do from actual design, to buying the fabrics, to shipping, to wrapping it, Um, and thank God for the internet, I developed my first garment tags, like everything I just learned on my own, it was a real lesson in entrepreneurship.
2: Well, I mean, well, you totally nailed it. Is there any like famous stories of mistakes, did anything come in screwed up? Um, Well, yeah, I made mistakes all the time. Yeah, me too. So, by the way, I make so, mistakes.
3: You know what's so interesting though is through my mistakes, I feel like that's how I learn. Yes. Um, and either you can learn through someone else's mistakes, which is ideal, or you learn through your own. And because I wasn't working with someone to learn through their mistakes per se, um, there's a lot of things I did, and it was partially because I was naive, um, and it. You know, it was easy to make mistakes, but I was able to turn all my mistakes into something I could learn from and grow. Um, You know, there's a lot of mistakes also in design. I am not, I'm not one of the bigger chested girls, so bra friendly didn't really mean anything to me. Uh Um, I wanted everything to be low cut, backless, like something that did require a bra. Because I am not gifted with any type of. <laughs> oh,
1: beginner. it's not a gift. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> I, I, just,
2: I know that I just got a breast reduction, so I'm so happy. Yeah. And a right, so and I, like For
3: me, I took advantage of low cut and all these things. But actually, my, every trunk show I went to, I would say nine out of ten girls said, I have to wear a bra. I have to wear a bra. So almost everything I designed in the first round was not bra-friendly. I was like, what do you mean you need to wear a bra? Who really needs to wear a bra? <laughs> um, so that was a, you know, a big learning curve for me. And I, actually every trunk show I went to, I learned something new. Um, some girls love to cover their arms. I found that fascinating because I was like, ugh, I'm always sweating. You know, every woman has something that they've already learned works for them or doesn't work for them. So my job was to develop something to give them that love of um, a sexy, beautiful top, uh, but made them happy. So if they want to cover their arms, I had to provide that. If they wanted to wear a bra, I had to provide that. You know, I wanted to be, I wanted to fulfill um, all the needs that made women happy. So, I love
1: these early trunk shows, you've got to really know your customers because you were so intimate and it really helped you. As you've scaled up your business, how do you stay connected with your customers? Do you spend a lot of time in your store? Do you still do trunk shows?
3: Yeah, so um, I don't do as many trunk shows anymore. I still go out to my sisters um, and that does keep me connected because... Uh, there's a wide range of people and body types that I have to learn from. And also I learn what's important to these women. Where are they going? Mm-hmm. Um, are they just, are they going to the soccer field? Are they going to weddings? Are they going to bar mitzvahs? Are they buying for their daughters? Like I really learn what they are doing and what they are buying for. Yeah. So that keeps me connected. We have a store on Madison Avenue. Um, which is super exciting. We opened that up in September of 2019. And it's on the Upper East Side and that's where I live. And I I go there all the time. Um, Usually you can see me there on the weekends because I go to my office during the week, but I love going there on the weekends. And I meet tourists, um, I meet people who live in the area, I meet like younger women who are working but wanna wear something on a date. So, I really get the full range of what these women are shopping for. And it's really important to me to evolve and stay in touch, or else it's a business that just stays the same. So, I want that. I want to grow. So, we add categories all the time swim, cover ups, denim. Um, we add a perfume and sunglasses, sold like at the store and on our website. Um, we have new deliveries every month because I personally get bored all the time. So I still sometimes look at my closet and it is filled with Remy Brook. Yes. I still sometimes be like, I need this. I need this. Like, I can't believe we didn't make it.
2: How often do you design an update? No, because I go on your website all the time. I actually call over and I'm like, oh my God, they got something new because you do update so often. So, yeah. how often are you designing to keep up?
3: Four major um, deliveries we do a year. Um, spring, fall, holiday resort, and summer. But within all those deliveries, we have new deliveries every month. So Mm -hmm. like fall starts to come out, uh, like pre-fall starts in July. Um, And then fall really starts August, September, October, and then October starts almost holiday. And then there's November, and December, which is holiday winter. And then we start to get into resort. And then after January, February starts spring. So we're constantly refreshing our designs and our color palettes. And we have to think about the entire country. So what may work for people in New York works differently for people in Florida. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's interesting how the buyers buy things too. So Sachs may do a, like a north-south buy, north gets black, and south gets white. And because a lot of stuff is done digitally these days, we really have access to a lot of knowledge um, and analytics. So it is, it is a mathematical business as much as a fashion business.
2: Yeah, so. absolutely. What was the first major retailer that took Ramy
3: Brookett? And so the first major retailer was Bergdorf's, And that was really exciting um, because I tried to get into Bergdorf's. I tried to get it everywhere. But um, at the time I was still working on, from my apartment and not too many people were interested in coming to see the collection in my apartment. <laughs> I didn't have any sales. Like I didn't even understand wholesale, like, um, you know, all the stuff that comes along with it, um, EDI compliant, like all this because, stuff was really above, way above what I thought. Like, I just enjoyed shopping. So I was like, they they need this, like they're missing all these things that I'm making. Um, so I finally met with the head um, personal shopper at Bergdorf's because nobody was calling me back. So I went to go see her um and she had this humongous office and huge dressing room so i laid out you know my collection which wasn't vast at all it was like six pieces and chelsea handler's stylist happened to be meeting with her and walked into the dressing room and said this is perfect for chelsea she was doing um a show um at the beacon a comedy show. I guess it must have been 2011, and she goes, "This is great. This is exactly what I need for her." And the, and the shopper was like, "That's great, but we don't even sell this brand." So, <laughs> um, so I was able to connect with Chelsea's stylist. She ended up wearing this blue top, which looked great on her. It was called the VR Two, um, like very rainy too. Like that was, yes. what was um, That's what I actually wanted to call my my company in the beginning, but that didn't work out. So she ended up wearing it. The, the shopper ended up calling like the buyers who she had a great relationship with. And I was able to, um, sell my stuff to Bergdorf first. And when you say you're a Bergdorf woman, that's like a big deal to everybody Yes, else. It is. So that's I- like one of my fun stories.
2: Yeah, that's, I, uh, love I that. mean, that's an amazing story. I mean, listen, you're at the top of your game doing unbelievable. Everybody knows you. I mean, every one of my girlfriends, I, I mean, there's not a night I don't go out that someone's yes.
3: not wearing now. I love brand. it. But and I, was, I also have to say, when I told my friends I was doing this podcast, uh huh, they're like obsessed, obsessed with you. And I, so, if, so they, if you could give them a shout out. Jackie and Jennifer, they love you. They were oh, like, my oh my God! God. Well, hi, I'm Jackie and Jennifer.
2: I can't <laughs> wait to meet you. And, like and you. and you're the coolest best friend. You girls are very <laughs> lucky. So come to New Jersey, and I'll we'll have lunch. They love Bye. you. Thank you. Oh my God! But, Thanks, Jackie and Jennifer. Uh, I was going to ask you. Then you know you opened your store 2019, and then COVID hits the following year. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Was that very stressful?
3: Oh yeah. Um. You know, I think it was probably stressful for everybody. Yes, and I'm just thinking people. a new store and then people aren't going out. Right. I mean, there was so much that was unknown. I We opened up last, I guess, September 2019, you know, getting the kinks out of having our first store, um, finally, finally getting our groove. When I tell you, like, we really started to get our groove that January, February, like, you know, our our business in general, like, everything was, like, exactly, um, you know, what we were striving for. Yes. And I to hear a little bit about rumblings about COVID because our factories are overseas. Mm-hmm. But it was the type of thing you just think kind of what happens over there stays over there. And it's never going to, you know, hit us the way it did. And then I remember I had my birthday party on my birthday, March ninth. In my store, I had like a hundred girls. Um, in my store, I love. I love a celebration. We did that on Monday, and then by Friday, we were shut down. Literally, the whole city shut down, closed doors. Worrying about, you know, health first and foremost. Yes. Like, you know, making sure like people were surviving. I'm, you know, worried about everybody. I was worried about my parents, um, all my friends in the store my kids like just it just seemed like out of nowhere even though it wasn't really out of nowhere you know that friday we literally had to shut our doors we had to make some tough decisions in order to um continue running our, you know the business so you know i think a lot as a consumer and in my mind when that happened i was like okay i'm going to start to look for bargains i go <laughs> you know there's there's all this inventory you can't walk into any store All you could do is shop online yes and we happen to over the past five years really update and upgrade and build our website so fortunately we were in a position that we could fulfill all of our orders online um and then you know there was a, other things we had to learn how to do: text to shop, things that weren't as common. Um, we had to learn how to do. But you know, the web really, because of how we upgraded and how we build our business, we were able to um, survive in that crazy time, um, along with making some changes. And the truth is, we have amazing employees. Um, everybody on board to do whatever it took to you know to to keep the business going also I, I work with my husband who's just a brilliant man um you know we were able to make some decisions and succeed during that time and also give back like it meant a lot to help all the healthcare workers i don't you know you remember that time people just the hospitals yes. were crazed it was yeah, and these
2: it was devastated.
3: doctors and nurses and everyone was working 24 seven. So everybody wanted to help by sending food or, or doing something. And then we decided to do a registry for healthcare workers where they could go on our website. They could pick anything they wanted, color, size, and uh, people could go on and buy it for them.
2: Oh, so, that was so oh, great.
3: Amazing, And that was you know, what I would want, I'm like, who wouldn't want to, like, come home to, like, a pretty, you know, new dress? Uh, yeah, and even if you can not go out, beautiful. you could wear it at home. And, you know, every story was, was unbelievable. People who canceled their weddings, their big birthdays, like, and they wanted to get out of their scrubs and just come home to something. We just used our platform to, to do good and to make people happy.
2: Oh, that, that was so nice. That's was- you said something. I didn't realize that you work with your husband. I mean, initially you didn't work with your husband.
3: No. No. I didn't. No, the first 3 years I was like building this mm-hmm. on my own. Yes. And you know, I ha- I hired a few employees. I actually took another apartment in my building because I was growing. Um so I kind of outgrew my office bedroom. Uh-huh. But I didn't really know like to like look for space in the garment center. So I just took another apartment in my building. Um, and then, you know, as things started to get bigger and bigger, he always helped me um, just giving me advice. And and then he really started to um, jump on board with me in 2013 and helped me make some decisions that I, you know, I wasn't quite sure um, how to make, you know, if they were right, or they wrong? Um, And I just felt like, obviously I could, you know, trust him more than anybody in the world. Of course. So um, he was incredibly um, helpful to me and and still is. Um, He focuses on different things of the business than I do, Um, but it's nice to like know that I, there's somebody I could fully trust. And he's just very, You know, smart, and I really respect what he says. And he respects the way I do my business, which is I focus a lot on design and sales. And he focuses a lot on the finance of the business um, and the operations. And we both uh, also focus together on the digital aspect so oh,
2: that's good i love that yeah. you get to i know because i hate that yeah. back end personally yes that's and that's so host. good that you have someone yes. and that you have someone yeah. trustworthy like your husband is so did he give up what he was doing before you guys are solely in your business now
3: so he um I, he you know he's in a private equity investor yes so you know he's still involved with private equity um in some ways but the majority of his time um is you know, spent with me and growing our business.
2: That's um, great. That's great because yeah. listen, you, you have grown this business from just an idea to like, like I said, a global lifestyle brand, which is so impressive. Do you sometimes feel like, Oh my God, how did I do this? Yeah. <laughs> or,
3: or <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I, I do step back sometimes. Um, and like, even like in the beginning, when somebody was wearing a Ramey Brook, I knew that. Or it was like a friend of a friend or my friend gave it as a gift. So anywhere I went, I'm like, oh yeah, I know her, or, or, you know, that's so nice. But it was like, I understood why they were wearing a Ramey Brook. but now, you know, when I see people wearing a Ramey Brooke and they're full like strangers to me, that's exciting. Cause I, that, it was a, it was an exciting turn for me when I started to see women wearing the clothing who bought it, you know, at a department store, or bought it online somewhere. So that's when I, you know, I got super excited.
2: Yeah, I don't think there you could leave your house without someone not wearing a Raimi bro. No, I don't think true. i leave my house without someone not wearing a Raimi bro. It's so true. I know, which is so so impressive. Thank you, know, you. Everybody who comes on the podcast, we ask them three questions. What do you think? Well, I mean, you've said so many things, but what was your big girl panty moment?
3: Right, I know it's so funny. It's like one of those things so i feel like there were probably a couple of like aha moments for me um and again it was part of i guess the naivete of you know starting my own business and thinking i everyone would want my stuff <laughs> um, <laughs> like, why, like why wouldn't they? you know everybody yes. needs that and you know when i met with some of the, the buyers um you know not everybody was so nice and i was like really taking it personally (laughs) um they'd be like i don't need that from you why would we get that from you or you know talk about the price point and you know and then i realized it's you know the people i meet with we all have our goals and we all have a business that we're trying to succeed so it can't be personal for me um i just have to learn listen and grow and you know, it's still difficult for me to sometimes sit in these meetings and they criticize, you know, what I'm showing because mm-hmm. a lot of the design is extremely personal to me. Um, so I have to remember that, you know, it's not personal. They're not saying they don't like me. They just didn't like what I designed, you know, for that collection or, or that season. Um, I am.
1: Yeah. It is hard though. It's hard to listen to. It's, hard. It's, it's hard. hard. it's hard. It's. I know, hard. especially
2: okay. when they're wearing a shitty right.
3: outfit. <laughs> right. I'm like, I'm a woman-owned business, and then they come in. I'm like, really, you really should try that on because, you know, that would work for you, or, or be like, you know, you may want to wear this on your date. <laughs> so, um, you know that it's always like a, a big aha moment to make. Maybe I know, but you know what? I clearly don't know everything and I'm constantly learning. And I feel like, you know, as I ha- get older, I have a little bit more wisdom and I do learn, but um, you know, most people are think about their own job, they think about themselves. So I just have learned that it's not so personal and. Everybody just wants to succeed and and do a good job, including myself. And, you know, I'm very focused on women in general. You know, I have two sisters. Um, I have two boys and a daughter, but I, you know, want my daughter to see um, how women thrive and can succeed. And it's also okay to make mistakes, but learn from your mistakes and then, you know, grow and, and move on. So, and like my big panty moments, they literally happen every other day. <laughs> yes, I, know. So, I know and it, so it, it's like and right now, like knock on wood, like things are great, and I'm so excited, and we have a great relationship with all these stores and and I'm thinking, oh finally they 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 get me, yes,
2: <laughs> yes, yes, I know, I know, I know. it's, it's I, believe me, I know what you're saying, but it's true, but. I would get salt, and they'd be like, oh, that no, no, that's, and I'm just like, you're a cheese ball. And you're telling me, right. but you, know, yeah. you know, like me, that's the way I think, which is yeah. so mean, right? But, you know, but they have a job to do. And I'm just like, I'm taking advice from them. But, no, I, think but,
3: every, I think everybody, I think everybody thinks like that. Mm-hmm. I can't verbalize it as much. Cause I think people would be,
2: but in my head, you know, bubble, yeah. you know, but on,
3: but on another note, when, when women come in, and they may not think it works for them and they actually try it on. Like I would say nine out of 10 times they are shocked of how much they love it on their body. Sometimes you just need someone else to like really say, you know what, try this on, I'm telling you, it will look great. So people do have to sometimes get out of their box Mm -hmm. and like try something new, which isn't always easy to do.
2: No, the way you cut things, you cut a lot of things like on the bias, the way it drapes, your pieces yeah. look amazing that's why I yeah. think they look so good and I think
3: you know, what? you know surprisingly a lot of these women brands are not owned by women or designed by women so I understand what it's like to have hips what it's like to have a butt what it's like to like not be at your fighting champion weight all the time so you know I was like oh I love that rougine. I'm like yeah I totally get it of course you know like I understand but you know, a lot of these brands that you think women are designing, they're not designing. So they don't have, you know, their own experience of what works. So Perfect. I think that's one of the advantages to our company is I understand. So that's the way I design.
1: I love so, that. And, and, and it's
3: not even I design. I shouldn't even say that. I have an amazing design group but we all understand like the ultimate goal. Yeah, but
2: you're the you're the creative director. You're still the head and you're overseeing and you know what works. Right. I get it. I mean you don't have to like a the longer you work with someone, else. the
3: more the more they understand you and like what you're trying to achieve.
2: Exactly. Everybody has the same vision. I I get it. We
1: ask everyone also who comes on the podcast, we accredit the major success to being fifty percent delusional to fifty percent determined how would you say your percentages <laughs> of delusion to determination stack
3: up right oh my god that's so interesting because i feel like sometimes when you start a business like of course you're delusional mm-hmm. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I, and i call it like naive because when you start yeah. something that you've never done before you because it was my need i just assumed it was everybody else's need but that's not true um and you know, determination will get you through that delusion, basically. Yes. So yes. That delusion is more like getting knocked down again and again, and just standing right back up and just busting through those walls. And I've done that, you know, time and time again. And, and it's the determination that gets me through that delusion. So it's probably 50-50, but my determination, you know, and, maybe now is a little bit more because I really, I want to be successful. I want to succeed. I want, so I am determined to really just, you know, to do my best. And you learn through, even through COVID, there are so many things you cannot prepare for. So you have to have that determination and that, that drive to get you through because it's really easy to throw in the towel. Um, so anyone was asking me for advice, I would say do not throw in the towel if it's something you really believe in. That's true. So I, that I might...
1: actually love what you just said also. She yes. said, I really want to be successful. And obviously we know you are incredibly successful and we see your stuff everywhere. And on so many people we know, and don't know celebrities, everybody, but it's just funny and so addictive. I think of both of you also, like you never feel that, the, the the peak is like this yeah like you, yeah lasts. like I don't
2: think you know you probably don't realize how successful you are I think that's what keeps you driven yeah. you know drop the driving force right. and same thing with me because like if anybody recognized me I'm like oh you know who I am
3: oh, you know what I mean right
2: yeah. it's, like, it's funny it, even like
3: and then as you know you know running a business day to day like you don't live in the glory you live no. in like how to how to succeed Yes. Yeah, and it's true. It's and, true. And, I, and, and, and I, love, I love the glory. I love the positivity and the positive feedback. And it's great. Now we're designing occasion. Like we are really doing some really fabulous things. So I recognize that we're doing well and that we're succeeding. But it's always great to keep on working really hard And succeeding and evolving. Because once you feel like you've already hit that point, I feel like then things get stale and that's not what we want. So we have to continue to plow. It's true.
2: (laughs) So we have one more question for you. And I feel like you've answered it here, but what's your most entrepreneur real advice? Um,
3: So, and and this really did help me speak to everybody you know. Call in every favor friend of a friend of a friend um you know i'm a, i was always like so like trepid and, and i wasn't i didn't feel comfortable calling someone and asking them for avi- advice or meeting them for coffee i did not want to waste their time um but i realized first of all the worst that anyone could say is no so okay you don't want to meet with me don't meet with me um, but for every no there's probably 10 yeses, and. People want to help. I felt everyone sat with me. They were helpful. You know, bring your notes with you. Meet with anybody who will meet with you. For kids coming out of college, I always say go through your alumni list. You know, everybody loves helping like a fellow alum. Um, go through friends, like friends' parents, a- anybody, because you never know. Who could help, and really just you know ask for help. So
2: great advice because I think people get nervous that they're going to get turned down. They're afraid of no. They don't want to burden someone. They don't want to reach out. And I think that's the that's the best advice. It really is
1: networking. To me, the most undervalued skill in business. It's everything comes from your network.
3: Everything. It's I mean, true. it took me a while to learn that because I didn't want to bother anybody. Yeah, you know, I know like, the
2: feeling. Sometimes I'm like, oh, God, i don't like calling that one. I feel like it, is. But now I'm just like, Wait, I call anybody. You call everybody. I, I, call, right. I call everybody because everybody calls me. I'm like, oh, I'm going to call this one for you. Like I'm going to do this. But yeah, you have like to. You and could. I love to help everybody. To Truthfully, connected. I would love to be a connector.
3: I mean, so all people can say is no. I'm like, all right, no. It's but, true. I mean, I'm friends with Jennifer Miller. She's a jeweler. Um. She was so helpful. Stephanie Greenfield, Scoop, Annika with a pattern. I mean, these women, when I tell you they went above and beyond to help me is like an understatement. So I, you know, it's so appreciative and, you know, I try to do the same thing and I meet with people all the time.
2: You could write an entire business book because this podcast, you were so so helpful, so informational. So charming. I mean just everything um, about you. Yeah. you
3: like, know I'm a, fe- I'm a fellow Jersey girl. So I, I love it. Well, you're, you're a
2: ray of sunshine. Yeah, so thank all. you so much thank for coming you. on here, ramey so You
3: guys are great.
2: But tell everybody where
3: oh. they can find you. Oh yeah, absolutely. So um, you know, our website is ramybrook.com. We have um, two stores. Our flagship is in New York on um, 980 Madison Avenue between 76 and 77 and if you're in the hamptons we have a pop-up shop in southampton uh, which is really fun it's like in a cool courtyard and we do fun things on the weekends i love it and, and then we're in a, a lot of the major department stores sachs Bloomendales, neiman's nordstrom shop up um, and, and we love all our retail partners and there's great boutiques around the country, too, that sell our stuff. Yeah, everybody.
2: You can find Ramey Brooke literally everywhere. And every one of your girlfriends, everybody's wearing it, including the Marge, at all times. <laughs> That's
3: right. and, and it's great for mother-daughter. That's it what is.
2: What yes. it like. is. It is great for mother-daughter. I mean, you throw it on, and you just look like a million bucks. Well, thank you so, so much. Thank you. I'm obsessed. Fantastic. 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 You know what I love? that she did trunk shows, and I think that's amazing, and I think yeah. that's a great way for people to start a business.
1: It really You can is. still do
2: trunk shows, people.
1: I know, and I think that's where you really, like you heard from Remy, she really learned what customers wanted, because she obviously knew there was a need for something, mm-hmm. but I love that she identified really quickly Although there's a need, it's not always a personal, exact personal need, like learning people need a bra. People want to cover their arms.
2: People like exactly. in their
1: stomach. You know, that's one thing. Go out to your friends and family. Do if you, trunk shows, focus groups. People's opinion really matters. Yeah, because what, we, what you
2: personally need is not what everybody else needs. So you got to get everyone's opinion. And also don't be afraid to call in favors, call everybody you know your friends, best friends, aunts, uncle, yeah, brothers, sisters, you know, once removed. It's yeah. like I network all the time. Um, and don't be ashamed or embarrassed if people say no, who gives a shit? It, it's and
1: networking is something that not everyone grows up doing. I don't think in England people are naturally as good networkers, maybe because they have the British stiff up a lip and they're like afraid to ask if you don't want to trouble people uh-huh. or they're not And the school networks, I don't think I was naturally good at networking. When I moved to America, I realized then like my most successful friends in America, networked when they got here connected with other friends from schools and colleges were connected with employers yes. and that's how they got to the top of their game much quicker because they utilized their network so really think about everyone you know do like a little inventory yes
2: so i hope you guys enjoyed this podcast go on her website Ramybrookcom she's amazing her clothing is magnificent the colors
1: are beautiful. you keep it for
2: years it's just it's absolutely beautiful pieces yeah and i I absolutely love it. I wear it all the time. And everybody you know actually wears it. And this really was like a how to start your own business. Yeah, how to start your own business. And you know what? She's a true entrepreneur. And now her husband works with her. And I, I just love a story like this. Hope you guys enjoyed this podcast as much as I did. I learned a ton.
1: So you can find us every week with amazing stories from other disruptors, leaders, entrepreneurs, and risk takers at Caviar Jeans, Tuna Fish Budget, wherever you find your podcast on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, all of those good places. And you can find us on Instagram at the same name. You can find the Marge at The Real Margaret Josephs and me at The Life of Mrs. B. Thanks, guys. Keep dreaming.